For those of you new, who is Cornerstone? Cornerstone is a, a people of God who are called out of the world unto himself in Jesus Christ to be exclusively a people to him. And we come from all walks of life. You will have people who are from various parts of the world, every tribe, tongue and nation. And we are here for him. And we are a local family. We aim to be an authentic Christian community that will serve Christ's purpose, Bristol, Britain, beyond. What's our aim? We want to make Christ known. We want to make disciples. That's on our heart passionately. Over the last few weeks that I have been speaking, I've been speaking about a series called the Membership Series. The first time I spoke about the universal church, last time I spoke about the local church. This week we are going to be looking, should we join a local church? Why should we join a local church? These are questions that I'm going to be addressing. But before to do that, I'm going to ask two more questions. Whose is the church? What is the church for? If you ask Christians, many Christians would say, Oh, I used to go there. I'm disappointed with my church. Or oh, the church has somehow failed. If you ask people in the world, they would say sometimes the church has failed. Until you know whose is the church and what is the church for, you can't say it has failed. If you think the church is meant to stop wars, if it's meant to eradicate poverty completely. I'm going to ask a question today, we'll explore. What is God's church and what is the church meant to do? Okay, so we'll be looking at different aspects. At the end, we'll draw a conclusion. Moses said this to the children of Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. God is one, God is also community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the book of Genesis, you see the picture of, it says this, God, in the beginning, God created the world, and the word for God in the book of Genesis is Elohim. When you have in Hebrew the word I am, it means plural. So God is one, God is community. When he came to make man, what did he say? Let us make man in his image. So God is community, God decided to extend his community. He said we are going to have some more people in our community. And let us make them in our image and our likeness. So that we got we are rational beings, we are intellectual beings, we are emotional beings, we are godlike beings. This was God's plan. And when he made man, he gave him free will, and you know the story of his fall. But God, in his mercy, in his wisdom, in his sovereignty, is continuing his plan of having a people and he chose Abraham 
Isaac, Jacob, Israel, through whom came Jesus, the Christ our Lord, and in him we are found. In Ephesians chapter 1, Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, he says, long before the foundation of the world, God had already decided that you and I in Christ will be will stand holy and blameless before him. What is the church about? The church is about God's people standing before God, holy and blameless. That's God's plan. I'm going to be looking at uh, Claire read for me kindly three passages of scripture of which we're going to be looking at three dimensions of what the local church ought to be and three dimensions of love. This is a prop I just brought out from my hood of the car I used it yesterday at the university. So we will look at that. The first and foremost thing is the passage we looked from Matthew, uh, chapter 22. You'd find it there. And uh, the Sadducees and Pharisees were constantly picking on Jesus uh, to catch him out. Jesus had just silenced the Sadducees. It's a group among the Jewish people. And then you had the Pharisees. They came and asked a question. Which is the greatest of the law? The Jewish people had 613 laws in the Torah. And he's asking, which one is the greatest? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, or might, depending on what translation you hold. So the primary purpose of his community is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And that is worship. The first duty of man is to acknowledge God. The first duty of man is to give obeisance, is to bow down, to acknowledge him, to worship him. He is the only one worthy of worship, adoration, praise. Okay. And Jesus also said, the next thing he said, the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay. That is evangelism. That is mission. So when you come to say, how do you, the church exists in order to proclaim Christ, God's good news, which is the gospel, which is the power of God unto, save, uh, unto, unto salvation to him who believes. I can be really nice to people. My niceness is not going to bring anyone into the kingdom of God. I could sacrifice myself. It's not to bring anyone into the kingdom of God. That transfer happens only through Christ Jesus. So it is vital that the church proclaims the gospel. 
to proclaim who Jesus is. Peter was asked the question, or the disciples were asked this question, who do you say that I am? And Peter, what did he say? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what did Jesus, what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father has revealed this to you. I will build my church on this. I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So who is the builder of the church? Whose is the church? It is Jesus' church. Apostle Paul writing to Ephesians again in chapter 5. He's, uh, he's writing to the church and he's writing to the husbands in the church. And he says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it. So, who's is the church? Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says, you are not your own, but you've been bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. That is worship. Wow. Worship is not only that you're singing, your whole life is worship. Whether you're a student, looking after your kids, you're working in an office, you're retired, you are worshiping. Do you know, when God formed Adam out of clay, the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. Okay. When Ab Abraham was called of God, when God entered into a covenant, he changed his name and he called him Abraham. He called Sarai as Sarah. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruha. So what did he say? My teacher used to say, he put the, he put the ha inside Abraham. He put the ha inside Sarai. He put the ha in Adam. Do you know the word that God revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush? Do you know when every human being, whether it be every breathing creature in this world, each time we breathe, we are going, Wow. Oh, if you can silence, bring the pandemic again, not that I'm wishing that. Silence everything. You'll, there's a corporate, Rising up to God. No wonder the psalmist put it. Everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. So you are, when you, you living is an act of worship. We don't necessarily always acknowledge that. But if you can just picture and say, God, I am yours by creation. I'm yours by new creation. I'm here. To give you pleasure, that is worship. And if you can vocalize it in the morning, just as you get up, say, God, I love you. I say that. Say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you so much. Your prayer life would not be dry when you're in love. Okay. 
So loving your neighbor has got another element, a humanitarian element. The shoebox appeal to David, that's a humanitarian element. So loving your neighbor includes doing acts of kindness which is within your capacity. Don't feel guilty about things you can't do. Think about things you can do. If I've only got, if I can only have got control over 10 pounds and you found that you could spare that 10, that's fine. You might think like, what is my tiny thing, tiny contribution, how is it going to make a difference? Okay. Apostle Paul writing to the Colossians, he says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it for the glory of God. This is a challenge. Even if as much as you give a cup of cold water, Jesus said, to one of my people, you've done it unto me. Little acts of kindness is worship. It is also loving your neighbor. So the church, secondly, exists in order to proclaim Christ and to do acts of kindness within their capacity. And how do we do it? In the name of the Lord. Bill Gates can do much better things than I can do or any local church can do or all the local churches can do. What's the difference between what Bill Gates is doing and what we're doing? Bill Gates does it in the name of Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. What we do, we do it in the name of Jesus. That makes a big, big difference. So whenever you do a charitable deed, if there is an organization which bears the name of Christ, first port of call. If they don't do that, second port of call. So you get, you get an idea of your stewardship? Okay. Then Claire read another passage. This was at the tail end of Jesus' life in John's Gospel, in John chapter 13 and John chapter 15. He says, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another. If you go and look carefully, it says, you ought to love one another. You must, you have no choice. God's community includes people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's your family. Okay. That's God's family. Young, old, different sizes, different tastes, different looks. God's family. And you ought to love one another. And Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, greater love has no one other than someone laying down their life for their friend. So you might think like, if I lay down my life, what about my life? Laying down your life sometimes can feel very complicated. It's actually when you come and give up a little bit of your time to somebody, you're laying down your life. If you worked in a, in a place, they say your hourly rate is, your minimum wage is, 
They're saying your life is worth that much. You lay down your life, I'll give you £10.50 or £15 or £75. I don't know what they pay these days. You're laying down your life. When you listen to somebody and hear their problems and you have compassion, you're laying down your life. When you say, can I do something for you? You're laying down your life. I must say, uh, day I had no idea when I was going for the student, uh, the church search, I didn't know that I'm going to be on my own. I said, God, I'm going here. Probably I'm the oldest man in that room. Yes, I was probably the oldest man in that room. And uh, I said, God, help me to connect with your family. I want each of your children to find a home in Bristol, whichever church it is. And I said, God, I would love to care for some of your family. This is my heart's cry. And just as I was sitting in the car, I had a message from Will saying, I was planning to come, but Reuben is playing up. And I was, that message really blessed my heart. Somebody was thinking to come and welcome some people. And he also mentioned Michael and Emily are planning to come. I said, wow. I had a wonderful time uh, just mingling, just, just having a sense with even other brothers. We have 15 churches or so there. Just ch chatting with other church leaders, uh, student leaders. I just thought, wow, we're family. But yet we are local family, each local family. So yeah, here we are. Loving your neighbor includes doing acts of service, whether you're cooking, making a cup of coffee, or coming and cleaning the church, or whatever it is, singing, whatever it is, everything for the glory of God. You're reaching out to your neighbor, both with word and deed. And um, loving, the family, it includes fellowship, discipleship, and stewardship, loving one another within the church. Fellowship is, you know, sometimes we have this picture, oh, we had fellowship over a cup of tea. Fellowship means a joint life. Fellowship, you know, I don't know, uh, Laura will correct me if I'm right or wrong. If you're a surgeon, you're part of something called royal fellowship of something of surgeons something like that roughly yeah give or take accuracy low i'm not a medic okay so you're, you're part of a fellowship if you're a midwife you're part of a there's some council midwifery council or something like that see we're part of a fellowship the fellowship is that we belong to god we are jesus is the head and we share the same holy spirit who has been shed abroad in our hearts fellowship that is why when i meet somebody from the united states or from vietnam or london or oxford family Family. When we love each other, we use the things that God has given us in order to bless each other. The Bible exhorts, he who has, he says to the rich, he says, share with those who are poor within the body of Christ. In the book of Acts it says, when they had all things in common and they distributed each person according to their need. Some kind of cooperative. A shared life. Okay.
Discipleship is about becoming more like him. Or if Mike was preaching here, he would use the word, he would use the word sonship. Christ-likeness, growing in Christ-likeness. So we looked at three dimensions of love. Number one, loving God. I'm going to call it upward. Number two, outward, loving your neighbor, loving each other inward. Okay? Upward, outward, inward. Worship, evangelism, both acts of kindness as well as preaching the word. And number, number two is loving each other, which will be fellowship, discipleship, and stewardship. So, whose is the local church? Belongs to Christ. What is it for? The three things we have seen. Now I'm going to just look at a few objections that people might say. Okay. The first one is, let's say, um, I don't go to church. I, I'm happy with Christian events. And won't that suffice? Oh, I, I belong, I, I spend my time working for a Christian organization, so I, I don't feel like I need to go to church. You know what you're saying in effect? You're saying, Jesus, thank you for your model, but no thanks. I got an upgrade on your model. I get more out of my model than your model. Okay, something to think about. Jesus, you're a bit out of date. You've got to keep up with the times. Whose church is it? You go and tell him, you know, I had a great time. You know, I had non-stop worship with strobe lights. Three days in a row. He's very impressed. Your whole life is worship. Singing is part of it. Gathering together is part of it. Events are important. But local church was Christ's model. Number two. Uh, let's say, I actually went to many churches. They are not perfect. The music is a bit you know, dated. Oh, they sing off-key. Yeah, they're not trendy. Or you might say, I don't like the preaching. I don't like that style, you might say. In the olden days, there was only one church in one city. I'm going to welcome you to Corinth. A church that had divisions among them. A church which fought at food time. A church that got drunk at the party. Or just after the Lord's Supper. A church which had very bad behavior in matters of sex, marriage, family life. A church which mismanaged the gifts so badly, it was absolute bedlam. A church which had a misunderstanding of the doctrine of death and resurrection. Imagine if you were in Corinth and you were born and you, you were born again. You're born into God's family. You say, Jesus, I don't like your family. Mm. How do you like Paul for a pastor? Wherever he goes, he creates trouble. He's short, he's unimpressive, he changes his mind. He changes his travel plans. 
He says he's coming, he's not coming. Sometimes it's very tough when he's, when he's writing. He's a troublemaker. He's often spent time in prison. He's got a criminal record. He's my pastor. Would you say that? You'd run a mile, wouldn't you? But hey, hang on a minute. It is about God's grace poured out on people's hearts. I often say Cornerstone Church is not a showroom, but a workshop where God's Spirit is working on us and making us more Christ-like. Not only do we become Christ-like, we also may encourage one another in their journey to become Christ-like. One more question and then I'll close. The church does not cater to my need. Sometimes you get uh, periodic emails which say, what can your church offer? And at the bottom signed as a church shopper. Woo! What can I offer? I can offer you a Christ family. Some of them are frankly people like me. Uh, you know, Claire used to say this. Someone asked her, what's Cornerstone Church like? She says it's like muesli and granola. It's got nuts and sweet bits and some bits make you cough. You need a bit more milk, you know. Hey, churches, if you want to say, misfits made fit for Christ. Hey, I would ask you, when you look for a church, don't become consumeristic. Don't look for, say, what can they do for me? You see, how can we be family? That's what we're going to offer. So I want to encourage you, if you're here for a month in Bristol, a few years in Bristol. Uh, we would love to journey with you. We want to just give you a Christ hug. We just want to give you just that love to give you a home, to journey together, that we can worship together, we can evangelize together, we can do good deeds together, we can love one another. So, welcome to a local church. Should we join a local church? Simple answer. You must. You must. Because that's a biblical model. Okay. Whichever church you choose, choose one that preaches Christ and passionately follows his teaching. What does the church do? It welcomes new people. When there's a new birth, we also have got a very strange thing that happens. These covers go up and this water is filled and people are dipped into the water because Christ commanded us to do so. I call it as the initiation ceremony of welcoming someone into the, the global family of Christ. And the church also does something else, another ordinance Christ gave. It is an ongoing ceremony of remembering what he did on the cross. We'll be moving to that in a moment. This is open to all members of his family. Here's a question to you. If you're not yet a member of your family, it's so easy to become part of the family. Jesus told his apostles when they confessed that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said to his apostles, what did he say? 
I give you the keys of the kingdom. What do keys do? They lock and they open doors, don't they? A door is open. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the gate. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If anyone wants to come to the Father, he cannot come any other way except through me. What does it take? It, as the Holy Spirit warms your heart or causes that conviction in your heart, you're saying, yes, I'm a sinner. I need saving. I'm going to move from death to life, from darkness to light, from being a stranger to being part of the family. The moment you believe you put your trust in Jesus, you are justified. God says, you are right in my sight. Immediately. Immediately. Just like that. Sanctification is a lifelong process, of course. That, is, that means we will not be perfect overnight, but a journey. In that journey, we come constantly and remind ourselves what Christ has done for us. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was sat with his disciples having a last supper, the Passover, before he faced his passion. And he took these common symbols of the Passover meal and he gave them new meaning and he said, the bread represents my body, which is going to be broken for me, and the blood that was shed for me. What we're going to do in a moment is I'm going to ask a couple of volunteers to come and to pass this uh, cup on the top, a little wafer is there on the top. And what we're going to do is uh, we'll say prayer and then we'll open it up and just take the bread. And if you're part of the family, let's eat together. If you're not part of the family, I would like to invite you to join the family in Christ's name. Okay? And if you have, after that, we will open the second layer, which is a, which got a little bit of grape juice there, representing what Christ has done for us, the cup of the new covenant, and we'll drink together. Shall we pray? Uh, Father God, we thank you that you have got so many children. And you've got new children that you're going to add to us. And we're saying, we love your family. We love you, Lord. And we want to walk with each member of your family. We can't do this on our own to love you with all your heart. We need your help to love our neighbor. We need help to love each other. We need help. We ask you, Lord, as we partake today of this ongoing celebration of what you've done, we remind ourselves that we belong to you and you're coming back for us and we'll keep doing this till you come. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask a couple of volunteers to come and help me. And uh, Mike seems to... Yeah, Mike and Jenny coming forward. Okay.